Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Peggy Amanese, your host of Signs Your Loved Ones Send Us. We have a live show every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, but the show is also worldwide and available on Skype. We're calling in at 1-347-838-9201. I have a question for you all. Do you believe when we die that we cease to exist? Do you believe that heaven is for real? Do you believe that our loved ones are always around us? Do you get signs like pennies or feathers? or butterflies, or rainbows. There's so many ways that our loved ones come through, and my show sets out to show you. Uh, we have many intuitive meetings on the show, and special guests, and we give readings, and hopefully bringing your loved ones through. So stay tuned for our guest tonight. Thank you. Hi, this is me again, Peggy Amanisi, broadcasting from Verplank, Worcester County, New York. How are you all tonight? Um, tonight we have a special guest. He's been a co-host of mine several times. His name is Kevin Schopel. He's from Arizona. He was a Baptist deacon. Um, he's an author. And um, he's co-hosting with me tonight. We're going to talk about his books. He has a new one coming out. 
And uh, a lot of people question uh, abilities, people with intuitiveness and medium abilities and what have you, that they're, you know, they're of the dark or of evil. And uh, Kevin actually quotes from the Bible to show you that they're not. They are gifts from God. I'm not saying there aren't people out there that do it from the dark, but I don't. We're all Christians um, that are doing this on my show, or most of us actually. And uh, I happen to be one. And... um, Anyhow, so I'll tell you a little bit about me. Um, I've had many personal tragedies and losses in my life, uh, but continue on helping others by my losses and my life's lessons. I have multiple sclerosis, but I won't let that stop me. I'm the host of the show. I'm a grieving mother of two children lost to cystic fibrosis while they're in their 20s, and I'm also a best-selling author on Amazon and also an intuitive medium. We do free readings to bring your loved ones through and cover you through the journey of grief and life, especially after losing a child. We all come with a plan to earth to complete. Let let me help you understand what your purpose is. Things that happen in our lives are meant to happen, as there's no coincidence, only God incidences. All part of this plan, of his plan, and also many synchronicities, which I'll show you about on the show. And what you ask, what is a synchronicity? Synchronicity is an unconscious awareness of life. It's a set of image, uh, messages. These messages are life-changing. When you're in sync with the thing that you want, you are much more likely to meet that thing. That is why similar people always seem to meet or seem to meet. They are tuned into the same frequency as the saying goes, when the student is ready, the master appears. When your vibration matches that which you seek are destined to collide. When your frequency is the same as what you desire, the universe will always find a way to give you what you want. If you switch on the radio, you won't hear anything clearly unless you tune into the right frequency. Only when you tune in, you can hear clearly. What you think is intuition actually is a strong signal from the universe. And I just want to say that we all are capable of, uh, you know, sometimes we'll be thinking of somebody and the phone, our phone will ring and it's like that person on the end or you haven't seen somebody in years and you're thinking about them and you bump into them on the street. But not all of us are, you know, intuitive mediums where we can help bring loved ones through for others. That's a gift from the Lord. Um, they're all gifts from the Lord. And um, we help people through the grieving process, process, showing them that heaven's for real. So enough about me. Um, we were going to talking about Kevin's book tonight, his, his uh, first book that's out there and his upcoming book, which he put me in it. And <clears throat> discussing, um, you know, we'll be taking answer, you know, questions and answers and uh, all that kind of stuff in a little bit, maybe doing some readings. Um, but let me uh, see if Kevin's on the line. I'm going to hold, hold on, please. And let me check. Hello, is this Kevin? This is Kevin, Maggie. Hi, Kevin. I wasn't sure if this was the number or not. How are you tonight? Very well. I just squeaked in before showtime, and I was hoping we'd connect just fine. Fantastic. Well, that's synchronicity. <laughs> Anyhow, Kevin, um, tell him um, you've been on the show before. You're co-hosting with me tonight. Uh, can you give a brief background of who you are, where you're from, and what you're about, and then we'll talk about the books and uh, take some questions, uh, if that's okay, and maybe do some readings. Um, you, Kevin's well, not intuitive, by the way, but I am, so we'll see what we can do for you tonight. Well, to begin with, uh, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ when I was uh 
30 years old in 1988. I began teaching shortly after that. It was first, you know, um, kids in uh, junior high Sunday school classes. I taught adult classes in the early 90s. After that, mm-hmm. um, I became an ordained deacon in 1999 at Pima Street Baptist Church. Uh, in 2006, I was named adult education director, which gave me the authority to write my own lessons, and I began to use what the Lord would bring to mind from it and then expound upon those lessons. Uh, the other side of my life, the involvement with psychics and mediums began. I was 17, and I met a girl that was 15 years old. Uh, we were on a church overnight retreat in October of 1975, and I wanted to make conversation with her. And so you know, it turned out that the conversation wound up being a prediction for a high school football game three weeks in the future that came true. And mm-hmm. beyond that, she made 18 other predictions during the time that I was going with her, and every one of those actually happened. I didn't ask her for the predictions, but when she did give them, it was enough to astound me enough that I asked a couple of youth leaders at my church, I said, what do you think of somebody who knows what's going to happen before it happens? And the first thing they said was, uh, that's not of God. I'd stay away from that. And, and she was at Bible camp was, with you, right? She was, she was also a participant. Yeah, so she was a Christian and a Baptist and at the camp with you, but she had the gift. So, so right, and I talked about that in my first book in Chapter 3 of that, where I say love makes a difference. And the point I make is that that's what separated me from the other that would condemn a psychic easily or would run away from it was that this was somebody I was in love with, and I was not going to sit back and accept that this was an evil person just because of an ability. I delved mm-hmm. deeper into it. I first wanted to say, is the Bible actually God's word, or is it something made up by the Catholic Church? You know, I needed to know my own answers. I've been raised in the Baptist Church without ever really stopping to question, why do I believe what I believe? I became firmly convinced that the Bible was God's word, that it was inerrant, it's sufficient for all things we need, and from there, go deeper into the scriptures, and you realize, too, that if you don't come to the realization that, you know, that all persons can receive a spiritual gift, it's not limited to Christians only, otherwise you have trouble with some of the scriptures. Um, You also realize, too, that a person who is born with their gift does not make it an invalid spiritual gift. Because I've heard that argument before. Oh, it can't be a spiritual gift unless you receive it the way they did in the upper room at Pentecost. That's not true. Because mm-hmm. in Psalm 139, 13 to 15, it says, You saw me in my you know, in unformed state when I was in my mother's womb. You knit me together. All the days prepared for me were in your book before one of them came to be. And that's not addressed to Satan. It's not addressed to a demon. It's addressed to the Lord. It says the Lord met us together and formed us the way we are meant to be. So when you have a gift of psychic ability or mediumship from birth, there's no way that Satan can work his way into having any credit for it. No, I totally agree because I I 
started really at nine, but way before that. Uh, I remember things from when I was about two. <clears throat> and I shouldn't have said maybe I happen to be a Christian. Kevin's a Christian. Of course, there are other intuitives that aren't, you know, you know don't, don't follow the Christian faith, but have, you know, of the Jewish faith or whatever. And uh, so I, I t- kind of take that back in a way. But we are Christian. Um, I grew up in the Episcopal Church. My dad working there 50 years. And uh, Kevin with his church background, the Baptist Church. And um, the, you know what? One problem I've always had, Christians judging other Christians. Even in the Bible, I'm sure you can, because you were very, very uh, well-versed in the Bible. You know, as Christians, we're not supposed to judge other Christians. Um, God is the only judge, you know, and on Judgment Day. <clears throat> and when I came out, and of course you know yourself that I've got, like other mediums or intuitives, I like to refer to myself as intuitive, I've gotten bashed for it, and I've gotten put down for it, I've gotten called all kinds of names, oh, you, this is not of God, you've got to stop doing this, blah, 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 which scared me for many years, because that's why I didn't do it, even though I knew I had a gift. And... Then I thought about it. How dare another Christian judge another Christian? You know, um, this is why I like your first book. And I, I started reading. Uh, you sent me thank you for the uh, <clears throat> Kevin's second book isn't out yet, but he did send me a, a copy of the uh, rough copy, and uh, which I'm in it. Thank you, by the way. And um, but but like your book explains this uh, by scripture how there is nothing in the Bible that says that that it's really bad doing it. Like uh, talk about like maybe the unfamiliar spirits and what have you, because there is a part in the Bible about that. Explain to the audience what that means. Okay, one of the others is that in the original King James version, that the there are five scriptures. I will say that that what I used to call call the anti-medium verses before I knew better, and this mm-hmm. was Leviticus 19.31, Leviticus 20, verse 6, Leviticus 20, verse 27, Deuteronomy 18.10 through 11, and Isaiah 8.19. Each one of those war, warns people, supposedly, to not turn to mediums or you'll be defiled by them. Leviticus 20.27 20, says that a medium should be put to death. Uh, mm-hmm. And Deuteronomy 18 says, you know, there should be none found among you who is a medium. But the problem with those verses is this. In the original King James Version, every one of those five scriptures does not use the word medium. It uses the phrase, a person with a familiar spirit. And mm-hmm. I said in my second book, um, something I probably should have written into the first one, is that many people, when they look at a modern translation, say, oh, that's just uh, an old-fashioned way of, saying medium, it's not. Right, right. And what I did is I looked up the definition of a person with a familiar spirit, and when I wrote my first book, I referred back to the old 1828 Webster's Dictionary, which was, you know, the closest removed dictionary to the time of the 1611 King James Bible, and the definition Mm -hmm. of a familiar spirit was a spirit that attends at a call, as if you Mm -hmm. were to call upon a spirit like if you're doing a seance or if you're doing some sort of uh, Ouija or something. Exactly. You yeah, know, yeah. I, w- I want to tell people to we do don't. That. I don't mess with Ouija boards. I don't throw crystal balls. I don't call on spirit. They come to me. Um, that's exactly. the difference that's between a- having a gift and calling on them. I don't say, okay, spirits. I'm, you know, like I've said a million times, I'm not Whoopi Goldberg and ghosts. I don't call them. They come to me. I, I'm just as amazed as anybody else. So, And it may be even having that gift uncomfortable for many years. I just came out at 60 years old. Uh, people over the years kind of knew I had something, but not to the degree I do. 
But now I'm, thanks to you, Kevin, made me comfortable within myself with who I am, who God made me to be. And I thank you for that again. And uh, so I just want to explain that. that. And I I pray all the time. I pray every day, and I pray before my shows, and I pray before I do readings that, you know, I don't want any dark energy because there are dark energies out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that. And I don't believe in Ouija boards, and I don't do tarot cards, and I don't do crystals. Some people have come on the show have done all this. <clears throat> I don't put anybody down doing what they do, but <clears throat> Ouija boards definitely. Don't come on my show if you do Ouija boards. Stay away from me, okay? <laughs> I'm not into that. That is not a comfortable thing for me. So go ahead, uh, Kevin. T- talk a little more about this, how people misinterpret uh, a lot of these things in the Bible, um, <clears throat> condemning us with, with God's gift. Okay, well, let me first say that you're definitely a lot, not a little Melanie, who I've written the second book about, David Baker, who's another talk show host, plus many other mediums I come to know, uh, people such as Estella Molina, Carrie Thompson, and others that have come to the website, have all acknowledged the same thing that you have, that mm-hmm. they had their gift from a very young age, as far back as they could remember, and every time it was the Spirit came to them, they saw, they mm-hmm. heard the Spirit. It wasn't something yep. that they attempted to do, and I point out in my very first book, I says you take a small preschooler, they're not interested in calling on spirits, they're interested in playing and having fun. You know, yep. this is yep. not, not a normal thing. And so the fact is, it's not a learned behavior at two. It's it's not a learned behavior. When me at two, I remember um, things with angels. I I don't know if I've ever talked to you about that. And I played with them, and I didn't understand. What did I know at two? I thought it was you know whether it was my my guardian angel or what do you call it or um guy our, our guiding um uh, spirit, you know our spirit guides. And what what do you know at one and a half, two years old? You, you you don't have the learned behavior of what even the Bible teaches you at that age. You don't have the concept of it, you know? And even if you did get taught it, I mean, what do you really understand about it? So this is not something that, what, are you born a demon seed? I mean, when you're two and this happens, I mean, what are people thinking is what I'm saying, you know? Well, here's the thing. In First Samuel chapter 3, and I put this in the new book, you know, after talking mm-hmm. about Melanie's first spirit experience at the age of four, is I said yeah. that the prophet Samuel had his first experience like that also at about that age. The Bible doesn't say he was four, but it was evident that he was just old enough for his mother Hannah to have taken him to Eli the priest at the, at the tabernacle for him to right. serve the Lord the rest of his life to fulfill her vow. He's asleep right. one night. And he hears the Lord. He doesn't know it's the Lord. In fact, the scripture says the word of the Lord was rare in those days, in this chapter. He hears Samuel, Samuel. It's a loud enough voice. You know, he's not being taught how to hear spirits in your mind. He's not being told how to contact spirits. He's just laying there, and to him, it's Mm -hmm. so clear, he thinks Eli the priest is calling him. So he goes to Eli Mm -hmm. and says, no, I didn't call you. This goes on four times. And on the third time, Eli says to him, Aha, I tell you what, next time that you hear your name called, answer, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so he Mm -hmm. did that the fourth time, and the Lord had a message regarding Eli and his sons, a prophetic message. And that Mm -hmm. was the start of it all. Eli, I'm sorry, Samuel didn't do anything to invoke this. This is the right. Lord's doing 100%. <clears throat> I, 
I remember that as a child, too, and I've never told you this or anybody on the show laying in bed. And, and it's not like, you know, I'm sure there are people what you call schizophrenia that hear things that aren't there. You know, I, I'm not judging them. It wasn't something like that, like that. But I felt like I was getting messages, but I didn't understand it. It was kind of like in my head, but it wasn't like hearing voices. It was just... I don't know, like they were channeling or whatever, not to do bad things or anything, you know. It's just like, okay, kind of like telling me that I did have this job to do, even as a little child. And now I realize, you know, at 60, almost 62 years old, what was going on then. But it, I'll tell you, as a kid, it scared the heck out of me. <laughs> it really did. It scared the heck out well, of me. Well, I didn't – I had to wonder why, as a teenager, the only two girls I dated were psychics. <laughs> I mean, I just told mm-hmm. you about Tammy. who was the first one. And then after right. I met Stana, I realized that she was empathic. If I felt something, she felt it too. The day I injured mm-hmm. my wrist after we were married, um, yep. she was over with a friend at a at a swimming pool at an apartment, and she felt it right through her wrist. It was so painful, and she couldn't get rid of it. Um, yeah, that these to me are too. things that have happened. She's she's been able to read paintings. She's been able to, you know, know when someone's going to die if she's in their presence. Um, mm-hmm. you know, these are, you know, these are things that, that she has been able to do. She looked at a sketch one time and, mm-hmm. and told the person that it looks like you were listening to the Bee Gees song, How Deep Is Your Love, when you drew this and the, the girl's mouth dropped open so much. Yep. I knew that Stan <laughs> had hit it right on the head. I said, yep. how did you yep. know that? She says, I looked at the strokes that she made with her pencil in drawing this and the thought came to me. This is the kind of stroke I would make. It's if what it I is. It's a thought. To it's not like voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you, I did that uh, last week. I read two of my, um, uh, you know, like I said in the beginning of the show, I've lost two children. Most people that tune into my show realize that now. I've lost two children in the twenties to cystic fibrosis, which really brought my gift out. And uh, to make a long story short, I I have a grieving group, and I belong to others, and I try to help other parents through it, not just from book knowledge like a psychologist, because I've lived it twice myself, so I know what they're feeling. So I'm empathetic to them, but sympathetic at the same time. Uh, I can do both, okay? And not just from an intuitive, because I've had the hands-on experience. So anyhow, last oh, maybe about three or four days ago, I read both the mothers. There were significant dates for them. One was a year and a half to the day her son died. The other one, I think it was the date their son died. And I read them both right on. And one I said to, and she, I see she's on the line tonight. She'll tell you um, when we bring her on, that um, I saw this lamp, an antique lamp, similar to one I have with the fringe hanging off, and I'm like, your son's giving me this message about the lamp. She goes, oh, I can't believe it. Then she sends me a picture. She just bought it like on eBay or something. <laughs> I had it down to the T. I had it down to the T. So I get the I get the visions. Um can't explain it. It's, it's like I see it, but I don't see it. I don't know how to explain it. I just don't know. how. I, I don't know how it works. I'm human, okay? It just that's why I say it's God's gift. I have no idea how this works. I really don't. I can't give you an answer on it. I just know what I feel, what I see, what I pick up. As far as being empathetic, you know, to other people, I can I don't predict anyone's deaths. I don't wouldn't feel comfortable doing that, but on the other hand, I do get a certain feeling that comes over me, and when that feeling comes and my triple twos start popping, I know someone close to me or someone I know is going to pass, and then I'll get the call usually within 24 hours. So I get it, but I never really know who it is. The worst was my nephew who passed in September. I've also lost two young nephews, 28 and 32. I was sick for two days straight, deathly ill to the point, almost calling the ambulance. Then um, they didn't tell me for two days, and then finally when I got the call, I was well. 
I was obviously feeling what he was feeling as he was dying. He died of a drug overdose. Oh. So it was uh, pretty bad, pretty bad. Yeah, I've lost two nephews to drug overdose. Yep. Yeah. So besides the two children, cystic fibrosis, and um, yep. But I, the second nephew, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. I was deathly ill. Deathly, not something like I never felt. And it wasn't even like having having a cold. Or first, I felt like I was having like maybe appendicitis. I, I, like my body was shutting down. I'm like, oh dear lord, what is this? And then I found out, and then it lifted. Besides getting my phone calls, I also I want to tell the listeners I get phone calls. My home phone will call me. It's happened three times now when I've lost somebody before I knew I lost them. It, my home phone calls me. My own phone, and you can't do that. You used to be able to do that years ago to call yourself. Didn't do that. <laughs> my phone called me. I'm hello, hello. Nobody's there. And then within hours, I get a call telling me someone close to me passed. It happened with three people since July. So I get all kinds of signs, and you know, Kevin, they come through with me with my TV, washing machine shutting on and off, and to the point sometimes they drive me crazy with it. Um, my own children seem to do this. I know it's them because it's usually around their birth dates or their anniversary of their deaths. So um, I get all kinds of things happening to me, and it can be a pain in the neck at times, you know. But uh, I love doing this for the fact that I am bringing, number one, people closer to God, because um, we sit in the pews, right, Kevin, in church, and that's what we sit there for, to listen to the man, you know, in the pulpit, um, the priest or the minister or the or uh, the, the rabbi telling us, yes, there there is life after death, and there is a God, and, and what have you, and... Uh, but yet somebody comes out like me that's got my own calling, and I tell you, and I'm nuts. <laughs> you know, that's what I just don't understand people why they're like this with with us. You know, I guess it's out of fear. And you and I talked about that last night about the no fear, which was my daughter's um, signature. My daughter had every every car she owned; she had no fear on it. And now I know what it means. You know, I'm not. There's nothing to fear, but fear itself. And you just you and I discussed that a little bit last night. It was kind of cool. So, but go ahead, Kevin. Tell us more about what you're doing with the books and Melanie, and how you and I hooked up, and then we'll be taking some callers. And uh, I just want to tell my listeners, uh, we have an hour and a half of show left. But um, if you're on the phone lines, we can go past the two hours if we should. You'd have to stay on the phone lines to listen or, or speak to us. So, go ahead, Kevin. Tell them, tell them how we met, or how, how you met Melanie, and then how we met. Well, what's interesting here is that uh, um, after. Melanie's passing. Uh, well, first of all, let me back up here a little bit. I do have a Facebook group called The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, which is named exactly after my book. And in the beginning, Melanie and I were both the admins of the group. And so mm-hmm. after Melanie's passing, I became the only admin of the group. And one day I got a request from Peggy to join. And my habit was uh, to look at the person's profile, see if they seem to be, you know, with their pictures or their scenes or anything, if they're interested mm-hmm. in this topic or if it's just a, a, a random thing. And I first mm-hmm. thing I see is that she's the host of a show called Signs Our Loved Ones Send Us. And I got curious, and I decided mm-hmm. after lunch to go ahead and listen to the show. It was uh, featuring Mark Ireland. It was the uh, June 24th, uh, 2014 show. Uh, he had talked about his dad throughout you know the show as well as his own ministry to people who are grieving and have lost um, children as you have yourself and yeah because he had I, lost you know, his I, own child Brandon right but I I I communicated with you and you know this is within three months of of having you know Melanie's passing which was on March right. 7th of that year and this we're almost to the middle of the year 
And mm-hmm. I was just amazed. I, I first found out, of course, that, you know, she had lost a daughter just a week past the age of 29, where you had lost Meg about four months before 29. No, actually, uh, uh, you, I think it was, uh, yeah, about yeah three months, actually, but just about three. Okay, yeah. but, yeah, yeah, I knew it was Mother's Day of uh, 2002, and that she would have been right. 29 the 1st of September. Um, yeah, yeah. And at the same time, you were both raised in the Episcopal Church. You both served the Lord. You were both mediums. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, there, there's so many tied in synchronicities. I even said on that very first show that I was on, I should say that you invited me on, and I was I was just overjoyed at that time. I, I hadn't been on a show at that point after the passing of Melanie, and that might have been the Lord giving me time to heal and to come mm-hmm. into the life of someone who's actually talking about the signs. And the ironic part was the morning after Melanie's passing, Mark Ireland, who was your guest, was the first to talk to us about the pennies, about the feathers, and these various signs and how improbable it would be that that they would just happen by chance. And this Mm -hmm. has happened to me, you know, all the way to the present moment that these things still happen. Let's tell them a little bit about Mark Ireland. Now, Mark Ireland, um, I had him a guest on my show because, number one, he lost his son, Brandon, um, one of the two children I think he has. And uh, he was also an author, so I asked him to be a guest. And I don't think first realizing about my connection to his father, who was the famous psychic of the stars back in the 60s, 50s. So let's talk a little bit about Mark, and then we'll go into Melanie and, and, and all of our connections. So it was very – talk about synchronicities. Very amazing. Very amazing to me. Well, Mark Ireland also, and I, I didn't mention this in either book, but when I was first trying to kind of search out and know anything about book publishing, Mark answered lots of my questions. He, of course, at that time had authored Soul Shift, Finding Where the Dead Go. He's now most recently authored Messages from the Afterlife. Both books are out and available now. But he was the first right. to answer any questions I wanted to know about book publishing. The day after mm-hmm. Melanie's passing, as I've already said, he was right there. He even offered... You know, it says, if you need to talk to me, you call me, Kevin. Right, he was the right. one who assured the group of the signs of things. He, um, most recently, in my work with the Melanie book, I thought, I can't tell Melanie's story without really mentioning the Ireland family. Robert Ireland, who was Mark's uncle, was Melanie's pastor in Tucson here at a church called Your Church. Uh, he was the mm-hmm. one that gave her most of the... I don't want to call it training because that's there's people who think you can become a medium. Uh, no, it has to be a spiritual gift from the Lord, whether you're born with it or it becomes at a later point. It's I have people ask me that all the time. I'm going to go to school to become a medium. I said, okay. And then while you're going to school to become one, go become an artist or a Michelangelo or, or maybe a Beethoven. It doesn't work that way. It certainly does not. Now you notice that with no, my I, own I, I kind of laugh at them. I said, if they really feel that strongly about it, it means they do have abilities. And if they do become one, it's because they already have the gift. But you can't just go to well go to school for this. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. Well, this is why um, Robert Ireland. I like the wording that Mark used about his uncle. He said that Robert's purpose was to refine the gift so people recognize what was coming to them and to recognize Mm -hmm. the signs, recognizing what they were hearing. And he was the biggest spiritual mentor that Melanie had in her life regarding her use of her gift. And he Mm -hmm. also was the one that predicted on February 22, 1987, in a reading, he said, 
you know, your name is going to be in print. And she said, oh, yeah, it's going to be on my divorce decree. And, she's, and he said right. to her, no, not in the divorce decree. It's going to be in a published book. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. 25 years and there, there's before my it happened. Th- synchronicity again, 222, February 22nd, my numbers. My numbers. That was also the last <laughs> day I saw Melanie alive was February 22nd of 2014. And that was the day before her birthday, February twenty third, if I recall. The day, the day after, February twenty first was her birthday. Oh, okay. Uh, we last got together for her last group reading in Coolidge, Arizona, on Saturday, February twenty second, and mm-hmm. it was the same day that I got the only reading from Melanie because you know I don't ask for readings. She didn't yep. request it. It was my dad on the other side telling her, "Give Kevin a reading. I need his forgiveness." Yeah, and yeah. that was We've the subject on of that. Our, not knowing, not even knowing he did that. Yeah, I've come to you with him too, doing the same. It's crazy the the, the link here. Um, okay, Kevin, let's um, we'll we'll get back to Richard Ireland, who is Mark's father. He used to be on the Steve Allen show um, back in the sixties. I was a teenager, and while all my friends were going to block dances and Friday night dances, and if Steve Allen had Richard Ireland on, Mark's father, who I ended up interviewing his son 46 years later, I wouldn't say obsessed with him, but I was I had to watch that show. That He was absolutely amazing. And here I am 46 years later interviewing him on my own radio show. I had no idea that I'd be doing this, so I was linked to this, and you and 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 Mark way back then through his father. So this gift was starting at that point, and I wasn't understand why am I why do I why am I giving up my teen nights out to go watch this guy doing this on Steve Allen? We didn't have VCRs back then, guys. So so, and then next thing you know, I'm interviewing his son, and then from his son leads me to you, Kevin. And, and then you and I get together, and it was amazing. The synchronicities, which Mark, his son, was on my show, brought about the synchronicity thing. Not coincidence, synchronicities. And you and I had many from the get-go. Am I right? Very true. Uh, I remember in that very first show, I had mm-hmm. uh, mentioned, of course, Tammy's abilities and how she made predictions of three uh, New Year's Day bowl games. And I said, well, what makes you think that's going to happen? She said, because it's your birthday. And then you stopped me right there and you said, you, wait, wait a minute, you January 1st is your birthday? And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. And you said, that's my late husband, Don Anisi. That was his birthday. We were both born yep. on 1-1, 11 years apart. Yep. Exactly, yeah. And then just prior to that, you were telling me your son's middle name, who, which Nathaniel, is unusual, yes. Nathaniel, which is also my, my mother's father and my mother's brother's name. So we had a synchronicity there. And then you sent me a whole slew of people. We had, what was it, maybe 80, 90% of birthdays in your family and people around you that were kind of connected to birthdays and things in my family. There was quite a few. Quite a few. Yes, I remember I kind of mentally took note of everything from January 1st to December 31st. What was anybody's birth date? What was anybody's mm-hmm. death date? Wedding anniversary? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yep. you, you came up with an enormous amount. That I can't yeah, even we were very connected with the dates. I can't even either. We have such a list. Uh, we, You know, you didn't put it in the book. I, I did skim through the book last night. It's amazing, by the way. This book is awesome. First of all, um, tell our listeners where they can find your first book that has been out for a couple of years and available. It's on Amazon. Uh, the name of your right. book again? 
Okay, it's called the Bible, the truth about psychics and spiritual gifts. You're all right. It is available on Amazon both as a print book in paperback and also as a Kindle cop. Mm -hmm. Right now, I've, I've always had a special that if you can... If you want the print copy, you can order the Kindle for $1, and this way you can take it anywhere you want to go. Um, mm -hmm. The next book right now, I I had some assistance in getting the first book out. I'm going to be on my own this time around, being mm -hmm. my own editor pretty much and doing my own design covers and all. I'm doing that with my next four books, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing that with my yeah, next four so books. I'm, I'm self-editing. Yeah. I mean, so anyway, self I'm, I'm kind of doing publishing. that kind of doing that on my own, but I expect that it'll be, you know, probably late summer, early fall, because I want to do it right. I want to make sure that I, I approach each mm -hmm. edit with a clear mind and say, Lord, do you mm -hmm. want this in your book? Do you want that in your book? Do you want me to modify yep. this? Leave this out. And and, and, yep. and, and depend on his spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people think, you know, it's, I, I have to, I'm not making light of this, but as soon as people find out, I'm, I've been a best-selling author since it came out. Um, in the genre of cystic fibrosis, which amazed me. I never thought I'd be a best-selling anything. I just wanted to get the word out to help people. It's maintained on the best-selling list since it came out. My book is Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug. I have four other books coming out shortly. And um, so anyhow, uh, um, it, it just absolutely amazed me that, that how it took off, you know. But it's all, that's also available in Kindle version for three ninety nine. And I have hard and soft covers on that, too. So I never expected any of this. And mine was published by uh, Balboa Press, uh, a division of Hay House. But my next four, like I said, are going to be um, so, uh, through Create Space and Amazon, which is anybody that wants to publish a book should do it that way. But if you pub, and I come up to people as soon as they find out, like uh, to get back to the original thing here, it's like, oh, I was going to write a book or I'm writing a book. Do it then. We all have a story. You know, the talking about it is one thing, doing it is something else. But everyone that finds out as soon as they know I'm an author, it's like, well, I wrote a book. Okay, well, what's the name of it? Well, I never published it. So if you're going to do it, do it. Okay? Um, we do all have a story. We're all here to teach each other. It's all part of our plan. So that's one thing I would like to say to people, you know, because we, we are here to learn. I mean, this is school. The Life is school. And to bring us to complete love, and um, and I encourage people to write the books. Don't put put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> you know, maybe that sounds cruel well, or obnoxious, but easier. just do it. Yep. It's even easier now in the 21st century because you mm -hmm. can go to sites such as www.createspace.com and there will be complete right. guidance on how to create this. And because it is print yep. on demand or order on demand. You don't have to mm -hmm. be out a single cent except for what you want to be out for doing this. And, yeah. so, and you know, the nice thing is, is unlike in the previous century where you had to persuade a publisher to accept your manuscript, you can just mm -hmm. go right out there and say, if this is what the Lord told you to write, you can get it out there and you can sell it on Amazon. And if the mm -hmm. Lord brings people to want that message, I had some amazing stories of how people found my book that just blew mm -hmm. me to pieces. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I had, I think I told on one show about someone halfway around the world who basically they got completely bashed for their gift, and it was somebody that they really cared about. And, and mm -hmm. this person went to bed that night praying, you know, isn't there any way I could really show them that my gift is from the Lord? And in waking up, mm -hmm. the title of my book came to that person's mind, 
and she wow. wrote it down. And as soon as she was awake, she went on Amazon and searched to see if it really was a book title or not, found it, and ordered it. And I had nothing. I, I didn't do anything do on it, my yeah. side of the world to persuade it. The Lord, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And I just want to say both our books are available around the world. I mean, you can go to the bookstores, too. I think it's just as easy to go to Amazon. Mine's in um, Barnes and & Nobles, and, but you have to order it through them or uh, all these other bookstores, you know. And it was, I'll tell you, mine was very costly, the first one. I'm paying the loan, so I really haven't made anything in my book. I still owe money on it. So another word of advice, if you're going to write a book, unless you get on the New York Times bestseller list, to make money, uh, it's not about that. It's about bringing your story to the world. You can. I'm not saying it can't happen, but you don't get rich being an author. People people all of a sudden think I'm this millionaire, and it's like I laugh. You know, well, you got a best-selling book, if you only knew. <laughs> if you only knew. It's not about that. Well, and if it happens, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. You know, but, if uh, a person's not... writing to make money, they're writing for the wrong reasons, Peggy, and you and I both know that. Exactly. Even Mark Ireland, yep. as prominent of an author as he is, still says you know, that, um, that he – still is working to recover his costs and his books, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not that they're bad, it's just that it takes no, that kind of no. work. That, you, you know, he yes, wrote it, it for proper reasons to reach the people yeah. just like you have, you know, to, to them to become aware of the signs that their loved ones have still remained around them and not for the money yes. of the book. That's it. That's it, and it's very true. Been like I said, people are so misguided by thinking that just because you're a bestseller means you're you're a millionaire. I'm not. I'm far from it. Believe me, I'm I'm in as much debt, if not more, than most people. So uh, forget that part of it. <laughs> you know, if you're going doing it for the right reasons, cool. You know, I'm. You know, and and what I love about Kevin too. Um, I've had, you know, reviews. Kevin gave me a wonderful review, five-star thank you. And like Kevin said, you know, I talk about it's an outline of my life. It's, it goes into the signs, which is what the book is truly about. But, you know, I also wrote to um, tell a little bit of my history of where I grew up in Croton and Hudson, New York, uh, home of Jackie Gleason, Alan Funt, some stars in a town of 7,000 people, you know, living 30 miles north of New York City. But go, like Kevin said, and I loved your review, go further. I write like I talk. I don't pretend to be, you know, not that I'm not smart. I, I write like I talk. Easy read, you know. I um, I try to get the word across in layman's terms. That's what I'm, I'm saying. So, you know, uh, if you get bored with the first couple chapters, you'll see why I wrote that and go into the next and then get into the signs, and it leads into my next book. So that's all I want to say about mine. That's how mine worked. But I do thank you for your review. It was honest. It was great. And it was one of my favorite ones. Thank you again. Thank you. Oh, yes. And when Racing Hondas in Heaven comes out, I'm certainly going to give it the review. And the that other one's going to make the New York wanted... Times bestseller because I can't even believe that book. I'm telling you right now, that book I cannot. I've been writing that book for years. I can't stop writing. <laughs> it just I keep adding and adding. Everybody goes, when is it out? When it's done, <laughs> you know. Rome was not built in a day, you know. And um, True. it was amazing. It's amazing because I go back and I read some of the stuff I wrote, and I'm like, wow. It, the signs that I get, like you said, Kevin, you've seen, I have a site called What Signs Tells You. It's a, probably the longest site on Facebook. What Signs Tell Your Loved Ones Are Still Around You. I yes. have actual, not orbs, but I have pictures of faces of my children, mostly my son. I have videos of beyond orbs where music comes on out of the blue with the orbs. It's crazy. 
I can't even believe some of the stuff. And um, I swear to you, nothing is photoshopped. Nothing is made up as God is my judge. And I'm going to tell you something. I can't even believe when these things happen to me, it freaks me out. I'm human too, guys. I can't believe it, but I can document everything I'm going through. I've had my son's face appear on a a site that I really didn't even go to at somebody's door one time in New Jersey, and I'm in New York, and the guy goes, I don't know what this is in my door, who this is. It was my son. I sent him a picture. He goes, oh, dear God. He goes, oh, my God. I had my son's face appear over the summer in this little in this hospital bed next to this little girl who just was dying of his illness, same illness as my children that have since fibrosis. Sitting, she was sitting up next to the bed, and there's this kid laying in the bed, and it looked identical to my son in Ireland. And people, his friends are going, oh, isn't that nice that he'd be friend? I said, no, sweetheart, that's Ireland, and that just happened. <laughs> He's been gone for, at that point almost four years. So I'm not making this stuff up. The only thing, one of the pictures, the main picture, somebody highlighted it in gold so you could see things a little better. And that's the only, And it's not Photoshop. It's made my husband's face actually appeared in that along with somebody else's face. And there's a story behind that in my son's book with my daughter's name and smoke scribbled over my head next to my grandson and I. I, I can't even believe this stuff happened. I, and I didn't see this when these photos were first taken. I went home and I downloaded them like, oh, my God, what is going on here? Like I said, I'm human too, intuitive or not. I freak out just like the rest of you, but I have proof. I have proof. So, I mean, you can believe it or you don't have to believe it. I'm not trying to make anybody believe anything. But I have documentation, okay? And I'm not just talking to orbs. I have orbs too, but I have documentation. So, you know, the choice is yours to believe or not to believe, you know? But so, go well, ahead, I Kevin. Do, tell so us you... more about – oh, I know you do. You saw the moon picture recently that was around my son's thing too. <laughs> Tell them about right. the moon picture my friend took. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> that, I, yeah, that, I'm one of the that that freaked you out. That freaked me out. <laughs> well, I, I have not. In a, my own opinion, that the, the the photos in the photo in Ireland and the other one, I think you, you said was New Jersey or something, both amazed me yep. because you weren't there with that camera. It was somebody else, you know. And the, the, this yep. is the thing I believe is that you know you first read in Acts one four that Jesus appeared. Mm-hmm to his disciples over a period of 40 days with several undeniable signs that he was alive. I may have have yeah. the wrong exact word there, but the idea was that it was undeniable. And the, the and you obviously know the reason for that is that it, the disciples took the message of the cross to the world. And I believe that the more undeniable, the more unmistakable a sign is, like those pictures of Mark, is because of the importance of the message. Yeah, yeah. And people say, you know, say to me too. I mean, I've I just wanted to listeners that don't know my show. I've lost the two children, but I in 9 months between 2010 and 11, I lost my son, husband, and my father-in-law all in the 9 months and 3 months after my son, so a total year my sister-in-law. I've lost two nephews, 20s, 28 and 32, like I said, my brother and sister to cancer, my parents, brother, sister, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, friends, Boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, one right after the other, like nonstop. And people are surprised that I'm sane, okay? They're like, how do you do it? I said, because I believe in the Lord. I know there's a plan here. Yes, do I hurt? Of course I hurt, for goodness sake. I go off even on Facebook during the, the holidays and, and the, the birth dates. And I'm human, like I said. Sure, I still get upset, you know, intuitive or not. But the thing that keeps me together is knowing that one day I'll be with them again. 
you know. So I just wanted to stress that point to the listeners, too. You know, because oh, I think a lot of them misunderstand, like, how is she doing this, you know? Sometimes I question, how did I do it? But it was only by my faith in the Lord. And I give all my credit to him. So. Right. And, and the, one of the things I point out in, in this next book is that I said, you know, I wanted to make it very clear in one of the first biblical analysis of the things I was talking about, about Melanie's abilities, when I said, if you don't see it written in the Bible specifically, it does mm-hmm. not mean it's evil or paganism. I said, you know, this phone I'm talking on to be on this show, the equipment you got to be on your show, that's not written about in the Bible. Your computers, no. your cars, you know, you yeah. know, your your flat screen TV, none of that is in the Bible. Does that make those things evil? No. And so yeah. what I'm saying yeah. to them is that, you know, that if you, you know, if the Bible is not against it, it, you know, yeah. I should say, if, the, if it's not written about it, it does not mean that the Bible is against it. If the, Bi- mm-hmm. the, if the Bible is going to be against something, it's going to explicitly say, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be very specific on that topic. Yeah, um, that's the commandment, and I, yeah. And I look at this this way, you know, when you talk about the signs, I can simply sit here and say that Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And there's mm-hmm. nothing in the Bible against signs, wonders, anything of that. In fact, they were used to accompany the gospel, and they can be used to accompany that beatitude as well through you, through Mark Ireland, and others who engage in a ministry that fulfills that beatitude. Right, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, our, we have to have a book of rules in life to, to, for the law, the law of the land and the law of God. And that's why the Bible's written. Um, but, you know, a lot of things, um, how do you feel like a lot of people will say, and I hear it over and over again, well, it was written by man. So it's kind of like you play operator and then by the end of the call, it's totally misunderstood or totally not what the, the original message is. How, how, what do you, what are your feelings on that as far as the Bible? Well, first you feel of like all, a lot of it was misguided or, 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 you know, or no, actually everything not. solid. Okay. Well, I will right. start going going way back to when I first had that question. As I told you, after the youth leaders told me to stay away from this girl because it was not of God, um, yep. I happened to get a hold of a book by Josh McDowell called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. It was printed in 1972, and I went and saw mm-hmm. Josh McDowell at the U of A in 1976. And that book was the beginning of me trying to analyze whether the Bible was really God's Word. I did my own Bible study. I, I set Josh's material aside and did my own study over the Internet and pre- prepared it for lesson series in 2007 to my discipleship training class at Pima Street. But basically, uh, when, co- when you compare the Bible to other textual manuscripts of that time, the mm-hmm. discrepancies in the original texts are... Okay, let me put it this way. In just the New Testament... Um, mm-hmm. There is 0.25% textual discrepancies between over 1,500 manuscript copies. In mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, that was written 500 years ago, there mm-hmm. is about 25% textual discrepancies from the late 1500s to the present when Shakespeare wrote it. 
Right. And and you think... And I just want to let my listeners know, we're not bashing the Bible by far. We're just answering some of the questions that other people ask us. So I just want to let people know that. But this is one thing that was a major supernatural sign to me, uh, aside Mm -hmm. from the fact that, that, that the ancient, most ancient copies of the Bible compared to their original writings were within a lifetime and that mm-hmm. is not true of most secular d- documents. There's more right. evidence in existence for the Bible scriptures than there is for anything else that was written in that time. Uh, right. Another you know, evidence, too, is that you know the Bible speaks of the errors and mishaps of the kings of that time. If it were a secular mm-hmm. document, those would have been eradicated because, you know, you say anything bad about the king, you're going to get your head off. You know, Exactly. Um, um, there's many, many more uh, proofs, but when you stack them up, and I, I tried to put a short version of this in Chapter 12 of my original book of of these signs. I just simply listed them because I, I wanted the focus to be on the fact that the gifts were from the Lord and you had a responsibility for them, not to get into a big discussion of um, the validity of the Bible. But I made the point right. there of about eight or nine points that, you set the Bible against any other secular document of its time, how the Bible mm-hmm. so far outstripped it. It was the very first book to be translated into other languages, believe it or not. Right, right. Um, yeah, I just know, wanted, to, I wanted to ask this question because so many do ask that, and it's really not even my question. It's just that people will say that to me, well, it's you know, the Word is the Word, and the commandments, of course, I totally believe are the Word. I mean, we have to we have to have law. You know, and and it, whether it's here or there, we need law to continue to exist. You know, and to you know um, be good to our fellow man. You know, but so much more of the Bible. You know, we need to to understand also, and that's why I think it's important with with Kevin's writings and his understanding and able to quote the scriptures that is more meaningful than. You know, maybe even a minister that doesn't understand the gift. You know, because you've had. Two women in your life, uh, a former, you know, uh, semi-girlfriend, if you want to call that, and your wife, that have this gift. Besides all the people that you're now meeting, and but, but yet you you are well versed in the Bible, so you can do both. And which is this is, I I don't know anybody else that does this, Kevin. And you, that's why you are special for who you are. And that's and quite amazing. One thing that's gotten me through so many things, uh, I got to a very down point uh, about mm-hmm. two months after Melanie had passed which I actually said in my group, I says, what good is a spiritual gift that nobody wants anymore? And I was referring to my own because I I had had some bad experiences. Uh, Some people said, I don't need to be shown proof that my gifts are from God. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Others simply would talk to a medium or psychic, but they would ignore me, and I was beginning to get very down, and I said that. And basically, I got about five or six responses. This is before I knew you, but I knew you would have responded if you'd known me then. But they all said, keep Mm -hmm. doing what you're doing. Nobody else is doing what you're doing. And I began to realize Mm -hmm. that I shouldn't evaluate my gift upon how popular it is, how much Mm -hmm. people are coming to me for it. It's that I need to be there, and I need to be the one that stands up to the bashers and say, hey, yes. you show me the scripture verse that says that a psychic gift is evil. You show me a gift that says that a medium gift is not from the Lord. And I said, don't, and don't give me a current version. Give me the, the, the original wording. You know, you cannot mm-hmm. bash a psychic or medium from scripture. 
And the ones that I've had, I had a minister recently do that to me, um, maybe within the past year. Uh, she says to me, well, you know, she she actually invited me to uh, uh, relatives. Uh, uh, she had passed a, uh, someone I knew that was friends with my daughter. And then when I told her I had the show and blah, 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 and then, then I told her what it was about, she goes, you can't honor both the devil and, and Jesus. It can't be done. She wanted nothing to do with me after that. I'm like, okay, Christian, I said, like, Christian. Just explain to me from the scriptures how do I honor the devil with this gift. Can you show me the scripture that says I honor mm-hmm. the devil and prove it well, to I tried me? Well, I tried to tell her she didn't want to hear it. You, you can't be arrogant, too, if you're serving the Lord. I mean, yeah, we're, we're human, but um, I'm not at, trying to change anybody's beliefs, but you, in the same tune, you have no right to change what I'm trying to tell you either. And like I said, Christians, don't judge Christians. You shouldn't judge Jews. You shouldn't judge Christians. None of us should judge anybody. God, a true, true love of God whether you be a Christian or Jew or whatever, or of the Jewish faith, is he's the one that judges. It's in the Bible. He's the final judge, not us. We can't judge each other. We should not be judging one another. But it's, you know, when I hear another person, especially, well, being that I am Christian, judging another Christian, that's when I back off and I say, well, who's right here and who's wrong? You know, I'm not trying to persuade you to do anything, but don't sit there and call me names. Um... You know, I do this out of the purity of my heart. I do this, you know, without taking pay. I, I've done all my readings. Um, yes, I have a site saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it for money. I've yet to take in any money from anybody to do any of my readings. I don't make a lot on the books. I still owe money, like I said, on them. So, And you know what? And I do my show free. I don't get paid for this. I do it as a volunteer to help people. So what am I gaining from this? Notoriety? I've got enough notoriety. I don't need notoriety. I am actually would rather not be known. You know, but if I'm working for God, yes, I do want to be known for His Word. That's all, plain and simple. Well, what I'm saying about the judging, Peggy, is it's not a matter whether somebody judges me, but the fact is that if I put a book out there that you and many mediums and psychics have come to say, this is my stand. I want that book. You know, this is what Stan and I talked about throughout 2012 before the book was out. I said, you know, she mm-hmm. told me, she says, you have no idea how many people you're going to help with this book. And I said, I have to make sure it's right. It's going against more than a thousand years of church tradition for me mm-hmm. to stand up and say, the Bible says that these gifts are from the Lord. I said, I have right. to make sure it's right. We prayed. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. I, I got yeah. to one point where I was talking about the parable of uh, Lazarus and the rich man, and I was nearly afraid that I couldn't support that, and I prayed Mm -hmm. to the Lord even more, and I discovered the parable of the wedding feast in Matthew 22, and how that supported, again, everything that I had been saying in the book, and I was able to go forward with it, but I, I, it's not so much a matter of judgment, I I mean, I just recently found my book on the the UK site, and there was actually Mm -hmm. two people that bashed it there, but neither one would give their name, neither one gave a scriptural reason for what they were doing, and I thought, great, you know, there's nobody here that has legitimately, from the scriptures, been able to say Mm -hmm. that this book is false, and I'm not bragging on this, but I'm saying I wanted my book to be that kind of a thing that they can say, I can look at this, I can pick up any Bible, whether it's in the hotel room, the library, at Barnes & Noble, and I can tell that what Kevin got came right out of the scriptures, and it supports me, and I know I can go with confidence with my gift. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, actually, uh, Judith is saying hello. I have also have a chat room people, and Judith in um, Kevin's group that I belong to, and she said hello, Kevin. She goes, I think signs are there to give us hope and strengthen our faith and give validation, yet that is the very thing so many take issue and can't seem to believe in. You know, and I've said that a million times, Judith, very well put. Um, you know, like I said before, it's kind of like what I'm saying. You go to church, and then people walk out the church door, and then they go watch a game and get drunk and get loud and have fights. And uh, Is that right either? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, are they listening to the word while they're there? Um, are they are they just going through the motions, a lot of people? You know, sometimes I wonder, you know, I wonder what's going it's on. It's got to be their whole life, and this is what you, you look at when you say in Galatians five twenty two to 23 that the, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, kindness, gentleness, uh, self-control, uh, and, and mm-hmm. the various other parts. I, I'm sorry, I don't have a Bible in front of me here. I'm in the front yard as I speak. Uh, but you, the you fact don't need is, it. You look at that, <laughs> you look at that and right. you say, well, wait a minute. Um, if I had to say that I'm looking at a person... And are they probably a Christian? Before I can ask them, you know, when did you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and repent and was baptized? Um, mm-hmm. If I see these qualities, you know, that are the fruit of the Spirit that Galatians 5:22 and 23 speak of, it's very mm-hmm. likely that they're going to let me know that they are a Christian. And right. uh, you know, and this is one of the things that um, I had to keep examining myself before I was 30 years old and really received Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's just, I don't feel that I have these signs in my life. And I finally said, Lord, you can have my whole life. I turn it yeah. all over to you as Lord. That's when the magic, how can I say, started to happen where I began to live, yeah. I began to grow, and in the Spirit of the Lord, because I let him have that life. That's kind of like uh, going back to my daughter's no fear again. I feared my whole life of coming out and telling people because, you know, I always clowned around and whatever, and I was a kooky kid, you know, because I was a little offbeat. But a lot of it was, uh, I'm going to say even fake or false bravado or whatever. It was, I didn't know how to handle this, and I'm like, okay, maybe it'll go away, you know. But when I finally learned about no fear, that there was nothing to fear but fear itself. And I came out and I didn't care who knew anymore because I knew I was doing it for the Lord, that um, there's no fear in the Lord, you know. And um, then I came out and, and was is now who I'm meant to be, who I'm meant to be and proud of who I am. And if people bash me, go ahead, do it. You know, I'm, I'm up for constructive criticism. I will sit there and take it. For, so, I mean, if it's downright... Uh, uh, brutal, I've had to delete people because no one needs to be abused either. I've actually had people been very abusive to me. And I'm like, okay, so there's just so much you can say. You want to believe, you don't want to believe, you can think what you want, you know. I know who I am, thank the Lord. And um, I'm I'm finally at peace with who I am, even through all my, my losses, you know. And uh, that's what's most important. It's peace in our lives. And that's what I'm hoping your book does to help, of course, other people in general and intuitive mediums and the general population, of course. And uh, bring peace. That's what life's all about. We need to. We need peace. We need love. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, and there's so little of it in this this crazy world we're in these days. There's so little of that. Everybody's texting, and I got a big thing about texting. <laughs> you know, it's like we're becoming robotic. There's no, we're failing. We're a society with failure to thrive. 
yeah, okay, I can see it if you're at a hospital or an important message, but no matter where you go, there are people almost getting hit by cars walking across the street, and they're texting. They're standing in lines texting. They're, people don't talk to each other anymore. God meant us to be human, human contact. You know, We need to touch and feel and communicate and sit down at the table like the 50s. You know? um, I was watching a show the other night, and it kind of was uh, made me laugh. They actually have some women out there now that have this whole group, it's a TV show, where they they dress like the 50s, they act like, you know, they stay home and take care of the kids and, and clean and do what they used to do back in the 50s, the Donna Reed generation, you know. And yeah. I loved that generation. I had a stay-at-home mom. I didn't have to grab a key because my mother wanted to go out. And, and I know it's hard in this generation not to have two working, but let go of some of the material things, you know. As long as you have the basic necessities and love, that's the most important thing. And I'll probably get bashed for that, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. Who needs all the stuff and the gadgets and what have you, you know? Who needs it? Doesn't yeah, I, I discovered a lot of that during the, the last two to three months. I'd, I'd been what I would call underemployed. I had hours cut. I was mm-hmm. looking for, you know, getting myself back into full time. And you were the first one to actually say this to me. Um, uh-huh. You know, the Lord has given you this this time the hours that you're mm-hmm. not working as a gift for you to finish this book on Melanie. Um, as it turned out, without me telling anybody else what you said, three other mediums mm-hmm. came to me with the same message in different wordings. And um, on Saturday night, May 2nd, I finished the first rough draft of the book, and it was Monday morning, May 4th, I had a job offer of a full-time position, which I'll be studying later this week. Thing. I, I told you that was going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, for for whatever the Lord takes away, he gives you something in its place for your betterment, and I truly believe that. That book, this book is so going to touch so many people, Kevin, just like your first one, but it's going to touch so many people, and that you can't put a price tag on that, touching others. You can't do that, you know, because it is but about the Lord. Between and, the books is the first one, you know, deals with the fact that it, it's a defense first against people who would say your gift is from Satan or demons, and then goes right. further into saying, you know, you have a responsibility to the Lord with that gift. The second one is saying mm-hmm. somebody else has proven that they can serve the Lord and be a medium, and this is to urge you to go on, and if you're so gifted, you can do it, mm-hmm. too. You may not yeah. have exactly Melanie's calling, but you... You mm-hmm. can serve the Lord without fear. You can serve Him, and you can yep. live your your purpose. Uh, and that it's and you still get tested. Uh, about a week ago, I was ready to call everything quits. I some personal things were happening, and I said, "I can't deal the human side again." I'm like, "I can't do this anymore. I need some time out." You know, I feel like I went and go and go and go and go, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I need to regroup." And I was ready to call it quits. And I, a couple of times before I told you, you know, I don't know if I, I'm going to continue this anymore. Maybe I've given it all I had. and I can't live without it. I thirst for what the Lord's given me, you know. Um, it's part of me. It's who I am. It's every part of my being now. And, yes, I still get angry. I'm human, guys. Like I say, I'd say it over and over again. But I have to do what he set me to do. This is my job, you know. Low pay, but big pay, you know. It's not, you know, monetary pay. But it's my soul. It's my it's my soul's job, you know, my soul's purpose. And well, this um, is exactly you know, what he, he means when he tells us the parable of the talents. He, you know, he gave as you see one person five talents of gold, two 
to one person and one to the third. And the thing mm-hmm. he was asking for is, what did you do with it? Of course, you know the parable, uh, the one with the five earned five more, the one with the two earned two more, and the one hid his. And I made it very mm-hmm. clear. I says, I says, the modern word talent has come to mean an ability because of this mm-hmm. parable. Jesus is telling us if we got an ability, put it out there. We Stan and I yep. said, how do you how do you put out there that you can predict death? We we both tried mm-hmm. to come up with our own mortal ideas behind this, and nothing seemed to mm-hmm. work. It was when we put right. it in God's hands and said, you know, pray about it. He gave us two very positive results of, of this gift that you think is otherwise morbid. So I tell anybody, whatever your mm-hmm. gift is, you know, you ask the Lord, you know, say, you you didn't put this in my hands for nothing. You know, you put yeah. it in my hands to bless somebody's life, to encourage, to build up, to strengthen. The Lord says, I don't know how to do it. You do it. Yeah. For, for, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Well, Kevin, um, tell us more about Melanie, and then we'll take some callers on. Um, tell us more about Melanie, um, about her, her gifts and her feelings on life in general and the loss of uh, Roxy, her daughter. Uh, tell us a little more about Melanie. Okay. Well, as I probably have said before, Melanie was born with her mediumship. Yep, she discovered it at the age of four. She um, she did not grow up with her mom and dad. She grew up with her grandparents uh, in the small town of Coolidge. Um, mm-hmm. When she had first woke up at the age of four and seen her grandmother's father standing by the bed, um, yep. And she described it the next morning. Her grandfather got the picture, and it was kind of like that was the awakening moment in her life that she had a gift of being able to see people who had passed on. And she said from there on, because her grandmother was a person who lived by books and education, she was a school teacher, she got Melanie every possible book that was available in the 1960s that you could read on Mm -hmm. the subject of, of DSP, psychic ability, you know, spirits, anything like that that would help her to understand. She said that as she got older, she was grasping to understand. That's how she found Mm -hmm. Robert Ireland while she was in Tucson. But in Mm -hmm. any sense, she was married to her first husband who, you know, condemned this, called it, you know, like she was going to a voodoo church and did voodoo things or whatever. Um, Yeah. He, 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 uh, well, I don't want to get into that part of Melanie's life, but it's not written in the book either. But basically, they they right. separated, and mm-hmm. and then you know her current husband, uh, he was at first afraid. He he didn't want anything to do with spiritual matters. He had been raised in a um, uh, what you call it, a Pentecostal background, and to him, you know, it was like, oh, they're a bunch of holy rollers. So he he had right. an aversion to that for a long time. Uh, I think he's right. come around a lot more, and Melanie told me so that he has. But anyway, it right. kind of came to the fact that uh, the daughter from his, her first marriage, Roxanne, um, accidentally overdosed on a medicine at uh, the age of 29 in, ni- in 2009. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, you know, there are times in your life that are hard. Well, March was her hardest time because it was Roxanne's birth date and death anniversary date in the same month. Very right. hard on her. And at the time that she um, met me, she and I both knew of a medium in Canada named Tanya Thomas. 
Um, mm-hmm. He basically does a lot of what Alison Dubois does in the United States and Australia, which is to go throughout the country having, you know, large uh, group readings. Galleries. Um, yeah, right, right. Gallery readings, yeah, same thing. Uh, I, I guess kind of like Teresa Caputo or something like that, too. But anyway, yep. um, we both knew Tanya. Tanya had been one to answer a lot of my earliest questions on mediumship. Well, one day me, uh, Melanie contacted her and says, is there anybody in Arizona that's a channeling teacher? Since I moved from the Tucson area, there's nobody up here in Bullhead. Well, for reasons mm-hmm. that I'll still never have any idea, she put her in touch with me, and I... Yeah, uh, she she made a friend request, and I I broke the news to her. I said, I'm not really a channeling teacher. I'm a Bible teacher. And her right. first thought was, oh, gosh, here we go again. And she calmly mm-hmm. told me the first experience that she had with a hospice reverend um, mm-hmm. who and said, I, you know, I see your son. And I just, and just, she described, you know, what her son was showing her to tell the hospice reverend. And I first said, okay, so you're, you're a medium. That's a gift from the Lord. And it's just mm-hmm. like her, her mouth dropped. Nobody had ever said, you know, that knew the Bible, you know, that's a gift from the Lord. That you're a medium. Yeah. Well, I told her, I said, first of all, the scripture says that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, Joel 2.28. I says, Jesus mm-hmm. said, you know, whoever believes in me will do what I have been doing. Well, First Peter 3.18 says that Jesus was put to death in the body, but was made alive by the spirit through whom he went and preached to the spirits in prison. prison. Jesus right. communicated right. with spirits. Jesus said we would be doing this. Mm-hmm. So how can you sit there and say that mediumship is of the devil when Jesus did it himself? Furthermore, exactly. in First John chapter four, you know John is saying, "Because you know what people are going to say, well, he was Jesus." Well, the people are going to say he was Jesus, and we're not him, but we're all part of him if you believe in him. But you then know, again, I mean, what do you do with First uh, John chapter four? He is telling mm-hmm. other Christians, not Jesus. He's telling other Christians, brothers, do not believe every spirit, um, you know, because many false spirits have come into the world. So the fact is, he's warning them. You know, why would he waste expensive parchment and ink in the first century to write something like that if the church wasn't communicating with spirits? Exactly, exactly. And this is what I yep. told Melanie. And in that same talk, in fact, I'm sitting in the same chair that I continued that first phone call with her, in which I was telling her mm-hmm. all these same things right now. Uh, and and, and it, I would say that if her husband, Byron, had not come home from work, she would have kept me on that phone all the way into the evening asking questions about the Bible. And it just it floored me. I thought, my goodness, a medium is asking me Bible questions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would be surprised yeah, each other. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a yeah, month that after that that she, she, that she got this message in her mind as she was waking on the morning of October the 4th, 2010, that says, what if Kevin wrote a book to help people like me? Mm-hmm. And she's worried that Well, she sure from? had the right idea because it helped me. It helped me to stay in this line, line, field of uh, working for the Lord. Because I don't think if I hadn't met you, I probably would have quit a long time ago. Out of frustration for human, you know, other human beings uh, that didn't understand me and was making my life miserable. But for everyone that maybe that was making me miserable because they didn't believe, I was helping ten others. 
And that's the most important thing is the, the amount of people that I am helping through grief and believe that want to give up and take their own lives and, and like, well, why should I go on? I mean, and I say to them, because I've also lost not one but two children myself, if I can do it, you can do it. You know? Yes, it's sure, a hard, you're on yes, testimony I, in, in its own sense, Peggy, because, again, like you say, if you didn't know the signs, if you didn't see the signs, if you were oblivious to mm-hmm. them, would yeah. that many deaths have driven you crazy? You are your own best testimony to that fact. Yeah. You could say it with conviction. And it's not you even know, just about the what... signs. It's the fact of, if I'm, like I said, if I'm still here and I have not ended up in a padded room, you know, um, and not only, and I didn't learn it in a book. I, a lot of these, a lot of people that are intuitives have not lost. They just are intuitives. I have firsthand experience, not with one, but two children and many others, that I can, they can relate to me, the parents that are great. Well, what, what, what do you know about that? I've lost two children. I know what you're feeling. I can't tell you exactly what you're feeling. But, so God blessed me with the intuitive gift on top of, you know, knowing the firsthand experience. Would I have chose not to have lost children? Of course. I, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't even say it's not a jealousy, but of course I get a little uptight when... Mother's Day comes, being that I lost my only daughter on Mother's Day, on the day of Mother's Day that year, and everybody's celebrating that day, and it's like, I just want to crawl, I still want to just crawl up on a bowl and go to sleep and wake up the next day. You know, I'm, I still have that feeling, so I, they know that I feel what they're feeling on Mother's Day, or on the angel anniversaries, as we call it, or on um, the birthdays and Christmas and what have you, and um, they know I can relate to them. So I'm not just an intuitive. I'm somebody that can relate to them twice over with lost children. So, and, and I'll tell you another thing, Kevin, just because I have my own grieving site, I also belong to many, many, with hundreds of thousands of people. I'm, we can't all be wrong with the same feelings. We can't all be wrong because I'm going to tell you, probably 95% of these people have all gotten signs. Well, are we all crazy? Are we all crazy? I haven't actually did a breakdown of the statistics, but but I'm pretty good with math. I would say close to 95% get signs, just like me. Well, here's something that David Baker told me on the very first talk show that he was with. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I was asking a little bit about his background. Uh, he tells us in his book, The Spirit Garden, of course, but he said, you know, that you know, when he was, you know, young, about my son's age, he enlisted in the Army. At a later right. point, he got secu- He was applying for security clearances in which he had to undergo both a background check and a psychological check. Later right. on, he, after he was discharged from the Army, he re-enlisted in the Marines. He went through both, again, a psychological check and a background check uh, for right. security clearances in the Marine Corps. Then, after he's out of the military... He gets a job with mm-hmm. the San Francisco County Sheriff's Department, and again, for his position at the old jail, he gets, again, a security clearance and a background check and a psychological evaluation, and he mm-hmm. says, basically, he says, if you're going to call people who receive signs, who see spirits, as crazy, then you have to call the Army, the Marines, and the Sheriff's Department crazy. Amen. Because they have yep. all certified that I am of sound mind and able to handle high-security matters. And how many times did we see on TV, something else I want to bring up to people, there's been many crime shows on TV, legitimate crime shows, where they bring in a psychic. 
um, how come they do this and you believe them that find people that are missing, but when I'm telling them intuitive and I bring signs through, I'm crazy. What's the difference? Well, it's interesting that you mention this because one of the stories in my book um, deals with uh, her and Melanie and Byron going to an attorney for the rights to grandparents' visitation of Roxanne's son. And, mm-hmm. and, and as they're getting through their, their session, Melanie feels, you know, I, there's something I've got to tell you. And, mm-hmm. and he says, what is it? He says, she said, do you believe in psychics? And he said, well, do you go to one or are you one? And he, she says, I am one. And mm-hmm. he said, you, he says, I totally believe in it. He said, I was with the Arizona Department of Public Safety, our, our highway patrol, for 20 years. He said, you would not believe how many times that we bring psychics into cases. In fact, uh, yep. the the uh, husband, or I should say, we, we held the group readings of Melanie's at the house of a husband and wife in which the husband worked for the Coolidge Police Department. There was a couple of things mm-hmm. they discussed informally on the patio between he and Melanie pertaining to a lost child case in Mesa. Now, I was not mm-hmm. privy to that. It's still police business as far as I'm concerned, but the reality is that she even chipped in some information that was valid enough to our host Mm -hmm. that he was able to use them as valid leads in this lost child case in Mesa. I I don't want to disclose any names in this at this current moment, but, you know, I I don't want to snag up myself, but the reality is, yes, police departments, highway patrol, attorneys, and many others believe in this. And they... they, Uh, I I want to tell you something. Another link with us, um, prior to my daughter getting really sick, I was uh, had a ticket to go out to Mesa. I've never been out to Arizona or anywhere except Georgia in my life <laughs> that far. And I was actually thinking about moving to Mesa, Arizona, because I had a friend out there. And I had my tickets ready, and then they got really sick, and I couldn't go. So I almost ended up moving out there. <laughs> it's funny that you brought that up. Yeah, the person in your audience, Judith, is from Mesa, and she's been a very helpful person in science pertaining to Millie's passing. In fact, she discussed one of the bigger ones with me uh, a week prior to my doing Melanie's eulogy. This is something you'll read in, in this upcoming book. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it well, basically what happened was that uh, she says, you know, you're getting the signs through people such as Stana, and you're, you're finding uh, these penny stuff, but she says, I still feel you're floundering because you don't have a unique personal sign of Melanie's presence. Right. And and so what she said, she said, there's something that Melanie gave you that's special to you. Now, Melanie had given me about a half dozen gifts at the times that we were together, but the one that was most special was her last birthday present to me while still alive, which was a, mm-hmm. a soft leather briefcase. And she says, mm-hmm. yeah, I would take that, go and sit in that tree underneath the pine, that chair under the pine tree in the yard, which is where I am now as I do this show. Um, mm-hmm. And she said, just... Speak out loud and say, yo, Melanie, yeah, I don't doubt that you're with me, but is there a way you could provide a personal, unmistakable sign of your presence? Now, I have to make mm-hmm. it clear to your audience, I was not praying to Melanie. I do not do that. That would I would be violating the very first commandment of the Ten by doing such a thing. But what exactly. I was doing was simply asking, you know, is there a way you could provide a sign? Anyway, yep. it was yep. that following Saturday when I was in um, the Walpi Mountains near Kingman at the lodge where we did Melanie's memorial service. Mm-hmm. I had gotten about four minutes into 
the eulogy, and I had just come to a part where I was trying to explain that for a year and a half that I never asked for proof for Melanie that she was a medium. I just loved her stories and her telling me about the incidents that would happen to her. And just before right. I could get the next words out, a orb comes down over Reverend Barb, who was conducting a service around her. Saw that. Saw that video. Saw the video. Touches, right. yes, it's, it's, it's just on YouTube. If you if yep. you search and find the words Melanie eulogy, you will see it at the four minute twenty four second point. This is for your listeners. Um, mm-hmm. It's been on YouTube since February of this year. I did it for Melanie's birthday. But to continue on, that comes down and for two seconds. It touches my left foot then goes up again, and it's, the curve patterns make it mm-hmm. very clear. See, I was the biggest skeptic of orbs, of all things, for the longest yep. time, but yep. I knew it was not camera fair because it would have been sharp, jagged movements if it was camera movement or flare. Oh, yeah. These were soft, gentle, drifting, just like a feather. It was, it just oh, yeah, blew I, saw my that. Mind. I saw that. Yeah, I wasn't really into the orb thing on video either, but I want to tell the listeners, too, if you go to YouTube under my name, Peggy, P-E-G-G-Y-S, middle name, I-M-M-A-N-E-S-I, I have several videos on YouTube also with orbs, uh, which was not a big thing in my life, but lately, yes. So, And with music coming on my radio that was not playing, you can hear it's the radio station itself. During my, especially since my uh, son's fourth anniversary in February, I think you saw a lot of those river uh, shows. Um, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. And one of the songs that came on was Going to the River to Pray. I was like, listen, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And they see this orb dancing. But if you go to the site YouTube for Kevin and for myself, you'll see many of these videos on um, on, 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 on YouTube. So, And oh, tell them also the name of the newest book, uh, Kevin, so they can write it down so be prepared to buy it. Okay. Uh, the title is Melanie, A Christian Medium's Life and Her Gifts of Spirit. Uh, the title was for Melanie herself. The only thing she called it first was A Christian Medium's Life and Her Gifts of Spirit without her name on the front of it. But I decided mm-hmm. that you know that would add a mark of distinction to put her name. And I can tell you right now, if anybody's read my first book, this book is probably one and a half to two times as long. Um, mm-hmm. But it goes into so much because... Um, it talks a little bit, it, it, some of it's my story of how I met Melanie. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of it is never, beto- never before told story of Melanie and my involvement with the first book. Uh, mm-hmm. We have several chapters of Melanie in her own words, a lot of it she gave me before her passing. Um, right. We have also two full readings that the sitter was very happy to give to me word for word that were Melanie's readings mm-hmm. in chats. Um we have another uh, chapter, which is uh, actually authored by another friend of hers named Peg, um, that tells... Uh, not me, not me, by the way. Not, another Peg, not, another Peg. No, th- th- this was another Peg, but she, she knew yeah. Melanie in the years before I first met her. And mm-hmm. then this book also uh, deals with the signs from Melanie um, from the time of her passing up to my most recent birthday. And I decided mm-hmm. that, you know... I could keep going on and on and on with signs, but I thought I'm going to stop with my birthday because she gave two completely supernatural signs of her presence on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Plus, uh, and I, I could, I had to confirm this in talking with David Baker, but she actually gave me a physical gift on my birthday. Wow, and that that does happen. And I want to tell the listeners well, one more thing. Uh, here's how it happened. Hey, hey, I'm I'm just, just, uh, 
Wait, I just want to say one thing, Kevin, for the, for the listeners. If you're not getting the information now, all my shows are archived since January of last year. You can always go back to get the names of the books, uh, to hear the shows over and over again. By <clears throat> Actually, if you get it on Facebook, you just um, it downloads after the show, maybe 15, 20 minutes later. And you can go back to my shows anytime and hear the show in its entirety, anytime you want. So if you're not getting all the information Kevin's giving you about the name of the book or things that have happened or you want to go back and just, you know, sometimes you, you hear a little different the second time and third time. So you can always go to my archives. I just want to let the listeners know that. So instead of everybody's writing down with a pencil, let me get this down. Oh, gosh, I missed it, you know, type of thing. So, so go ahead. I'm sorry, No, it's Kevin. very good that they are because each show that I've been on of yours, there's been mm-hmm. different pieces of information. The others who you've had on your show have also – it's very good listening material. It's very um, assuring material. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say – I'm glad that I put your name of your first book in my book because if I had to refer somebody to another book on signs, it would be that one. Thank you, thank you. And like I said, I I write like a you know I'm not I'm not this great big wonderful author, but I get my point across. I talk like I talk. I'm a layman layman layman's terms. So if you're expecting to get uh, all fancy pantsy, that's not me, guys. You, what you see is what you get here. Or what you hear, what you hear is what you read. Okay, so you know I uh, I say it like it is. So makes me a little different maybe than than some. And um, yours is pretty down to earth too, Kevin. I like that about your work too. You're pretty down to earth and and very understandable in your writings also. Thank you very much. One of the big differences in this second book compared to my first is that you there's going to be a lot of actual quotations in this book. I mean mm-hmm. things that Melanie actually said, things that others actually said. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I've, I've done in many cases, because, and I explain this in the book, is that Melanie would type very fast because when she got a message from spirits, she wanted to make sure it got relayed to the sitter or the person it was intended to before it went out of her mind. And so many times she'd misspell words, get her fingers on the wrong keys. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And what I did was I cleaned up a lot of the misspellings, punctuations, grammars, and if I felt like I like a word needed to be added. Let's say, for example, the word she is there, and it doesn't say who she was. I might replace it with Peggy or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, so that it's understandable to the reader. But other than that, it's still everybody's actual words, what they actually said at that time, you know, there's right. no faking it. Yeah, I just want to tell people, too, if um, I think the biggest one that I've seen it was with James Van Prague. I kind of do that one. I'm, I'm a fast talker, as you can hear any, anyhow. But when yes. I start getting messages, sometimes I go so because my energy speeds up because I'm the same way, and I think a lot of intuitives are like that. The energy gets so speeded up, and I'm blah blah blah. blah, blah. I got to do it now because we forget. I mean, most of our readings afterwards, people say, "Remember when you gave me the reading?" Once in a while, I'll remember. I can't. My brain would be overloaded if I remembered everything. I can't do it. It's just impossible from the human aspect of it. So, but we do speed up because we're all energy, you know. And when you got yeah, energy coming from the other side, you're going really high frequency. Yep. Yeah, Melanie ahead, said in one instance she was at she was at a medical clinic in Bullhead City, and the assistant mm-hmm. came in and don't know what triggered her, but she said I spelled out like a tape recorder on fast forward, and the yep. the assistant was so astonished that she mm-hmm. got together with her friends and they had a group reading from her. Mm-hmm. But it was like you said, you know. When it came to her, she just said it fast, and it was dead out. Oh, yeah. 
I did this, you know, I, I, I don't go out often because I do have multiple sclerosis, but I have a, um, a, a guy friend who's been like a brother to me for 25 years. Well, it was his birthday last week, and he decided, let's go out. We haven't been out in a long time, just hang out. We haven't seen each other because he's my bud. Well, we went out, and the next thing I know, I'm outside at the place we were at, and I'm, I'm reading. I'm doing Teresa Caputo on people, <laughs> people I've never met in my life before. And the funny story, I look at this one guy. His name was Vincent. And I'm looking at him. I said, you may think I'm crazy, but have you ever seen Teresa Caputo? Well, I'm just like her, you know, because I got kind of that crazy personality, right? And I'm looking at him, and I'm singing Starry, Starry Nights, the song Vincent, and his name is Vincent. He goes, oh, dear God. He just looked at me. His face dropped. And not only that his name was Vincent, because that's the name of that song, he looks at me and says, you don't know what that song means to me. And, of course, and then I went on to somebody else, and I started telling this girl he was with something about husband that was in Iraq, and she her face dropped. And they're, like, looking at me like, wow, you know, like an Oprah Hall moment or whatever you want to call it. Sometimes I can't help myself, you know, <laughs> and it's free, so it's not like I'm charging people for it. And here I go out just to get away from everything the other night, and I'm out there giving readings. I'm doing Teresa Caputo on people, you know. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't help yourself, you know, but if Spirit of the Lord, I call him the Lord, if he feels they need these messages to for closure or peace, i got to do it. I, I've got no control over it, you know. The motor mouth gets even worse, you know. I just wanted to, to, to tell you about that. That was a cute story, you know. So I never. Well, yeah, and that's actually backed up too, because you read in John sixteen that Jesus says, "My peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives." What kind of peace are you giving? Mm-hmm. Not the kind the world gives, right? Oh heck, no! Oh no, no people. Some people look at me like I'm nuts, but. Most don't these days are like, wow. I mean, I get wows from everybody. Kevin, I'm going to – You might. Um, we've had callers on since even before the show. Let's take some callers, okay? I'd love to. Um, okay. Uh, this one's been hanging on since 15 minutes before the show. It's area code 954. The last four numbers are 6685. I just need first name. Let me say hello. We have a five-second delay. Let me say hello. Give me your first name and where, uh, what part of the country or the world you're from. So it's area code nine five four. Uh, my name is Sharon. Uh, hello, let, listen, from... listen. Hello, excuse me. I did. Well, yeah, we we I, we didn't get on yet. Okay. So what's your name, sweetheart? Um, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Where are you from, Sharon? Hi. How are you? New York. New York. <laughs> oh, New York. Oh, nine five four area code. I I oh. used to live in South Florida. I used to live in South oh, Florida. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Sharon, have you called? Have you called the show before? You sound um, familiar. You know what? I think I think I might have. I think I might have. Mm-hmm. But I I wanted to convey a story about a a sign. Um, okay. That that I had in two thousand and well in two thousand and three my my mom had passed away. And mm-hmm. um, in in 2005, we had a series of um, hurricanes in uh, South Florida, and um, I had like a screened-in in backyard and everything. And, right. Um, anyhow, um, it's fa- fast forward. It's um, Mother's <coughs> Day of 2005, and my husband tells me to sit down and. You know, I thought he was going to tell me that he's divorcing me or he had cancer mm-hmm. or something. Really, He was very, very serious. 
And right. he said, you know, he said I I was working on on the in the backyard. And I was trying to you know um, pull up the um, you know because we had debris in the pool and everything from the hurricane. And the phone mm-hmm. rang, and he said it was your mother. And I'm like, wow. Oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know. And he said, Sharon. Did she speak? Uh, did she speak? Yeah, she spoke. He looked at me and uh-huh. he said, Sharon, it was a million percent your mother. After 30 years, I know, she had. My mother had a very, very hoarse, you know, like rough voice, and you know, she had a very mm-hmm. distinct voice. Kind of like mine. So, <laughs> kind of like mine. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, like a like a well, yep. she had like a horse of but anyway. So he, we had caller ID at the time, and there was nothing mm-hmm. on caller ID, but she just yep. said, "Oh my goodness, oh my goodness," and he sat me down, and it was Mother's Day. And I totally wow. believe that she that that whole thing was orchestrated. So she mm-hmm. this was her way of coming and wishing me Happy Mother's Day. And I'm Jewish, by the oh, way. Yeah, they so do. I don't know. That's fine. Excuse me. That's yeah, fine. I mean, I mean, I don't. No, that's I'm, fine. I'm you can be Jewish or Buddhist. Yeah, I, I yep. don't really. Yep. I mean, for, for me, for me, at the end of our lives, we judge ourselves. That's my right. take on it. I'm, okay. I'm really. I was brought up Jewish, but. I'm, I I I kind of think religion separates us, where spirituality mm-hmm. connects us, and I feel that everybody is really more connected, you know, than mm-hmm. than apart. So for me, right, that, right, yeah, we're well, one, I've, well, I've one had, yeah. yes, absolutely, and and I've had so many signs. I've orb on my on my daughter's eleventh birthday when Grandma wasn't, you know, around anymore. Her first birthday, mm-hmm. I saw an orb. Uh, with like rainbow colors in it, and it was like pulsating. Oh yeah, and, I've had that and, too. Um, I, I'm getting something for you, and I I wasn't really going to do okay. a lot of readings on the show tonight, mm-hmm. but yes, and it's yes. something that I like and I watch all the time. But who likes Fraser? The show Fraser. Fraser <laughs> and Lilith. <laughs> Fraser I'm... and Lilith. Lilith. And why is why is somebody giving me the message about Fraser and Lilith? Because really? he actually I, was I, with I... him more on Cheers. Oh, There's really? something, some I... connection there with you. Okay, I mean, I have to think on that one. But. Well, write it down. I tell people all the time, write it down. Like I said, okay. tonight the show is more about, you know, uh, input and, and not so much readings. Um, yes, but yes. I'm getting a message. Loudest day, Fraser and Lilith. Do you act like okay. Lilith? Is there somebody that acts like her if you've ever watched the show? Um, somebody's just telling me, and they're, they're laughing about it. I don't know. And it's a message from the other side. Mhm. Mhm. But but I guess can you relate I just to her? Wanted... <laughs> Excuse me. It sounds like you can. <laughs> What's the deal here, real quick? Because I have a lot of callers, honey, and I know you've been hanging on the longest, but yeah, um, yeah. and we're, we're almost to the bottom of the show. Um, but can you relate to this at all? It doesn't mean you watch it, but you could know of it, and maybe somebody making a comment that you're like Lilith or something like that. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I probably, could, I probably would have to. I'm, I'm not familiar with any of the characters on the show, so I would have mm-hmm. to really, you know, probably Google it or something. But um, yeah, it's on every night. I, I watch it every night. I still watch the reruns, so I love it. And it was coming to me, and uh, I tell if you don't get it right away, write it down. 
um, because it may not mean something at the moment, but you then all of a sudden you'll you'll do you'll have an aha moment. You know, it's crazy how Absolutely. I get these messages sometimes. And 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 God bless you. And and you know, just oh, know that you. there is no there is no death. You know, there is oh, no. Oh, I know that. Goal. No, honey, I'm in. <laughs> I get so many messages that I can't even believe it. I was also yeah. um, one of the very few in Westchester County that was affected by Hurricane Sandy two years ago. On top of losing everybody, mm-hmm. I lost everything I owned. Oh. I live on the Hudson River. I have a beach home, and we have our own beach and boat dock and everything here. And uh, I had three feet of water come through my house. The river came. I almost lost a third child that night. Oh, so I'm blessed but, that but I didn't, but I've lost a lot of my memories, you know, and I have a book coming out about that, too. So I'm as sharing you that say, experience. For everything, for everything that happens, there's a reason, you know, yep, there is yep, a reason. Yep, 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 just like the, the song. I think, Kevin, I saw that in your book last night. Uh, a time, um, you know, just like, uh, what, what was the, the first statement you put in the it's book? It's Ecclesiastes 3.1, where to basically everything to everything there is a season and a time to every For everything there is a season. Yeah, actually, I have a poetry book coming out, and I wrote a poem about that. But, Sharon, thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, you're and, very uh, welcome. And we're live thank every Tuesday both. night, and you can hear the archive. And if you if you find out this Lilith thing, please call, call me back anyhow, any Tuesday night. We'll bring you on. And um, we'll see what the Lilith and the Fraser thing's got going on here, because I know it's something you're going to laugh. I, I just feel it. Okay. <laughs> All right. I will I will Sharon, that thank then. you. I will watch it. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. God Thanks, bless. Thanks, Sharon. Have thank a great so evening. Much. Okay. I'm going to put bye you bye. back on hold, honey. Okay, Uh-oh. bye. Okay, I'm going to bring someone else on, Kevin. We have, we're have we down to the last 20 minutes. We may go a little longer, um, but right now we have 20 minutes of air time in the air. Okay, it's area code. Let's see here. Nine. Now, what was the last one? Oh, gosh. Okay. Um. I don't know. 251. Last four numbers, 5579. Uh, first name, let me say hello first. Uh, let me pick up the phone. Okay, give me your first name. Where you are from, please? 251-5579. Uh, yes, this is Roxy from Alabama. Hi, Roxy from Alabama. Oh, there's a synchronicity, Kevin, right? Right. That, that was Melanie's daughter's name. That was Melanie's daughter's name, Roxy. How can we help you, Roxy? What, what would you like to contribute uh, well, to the show? One of my uh, boyfriends passed away uh, on uh, April 14th, and I just wanted to see if he was around me or if there's any messages from him. Well, honey, I'm having a hard time understanding. Your boyfriend passed away when? April 14th. Of this year? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I'm so, so sorry, sweetheart. And you want to mm-hmm. see if he had a message for you? Yes. Um... Uh, do you have a connection, or did he have a connection to somebody by the name of Rob? Rob. Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, he did. That's, Who is Rob? Yes. Him? Or well, his name is Rob? That's, no, that's my middle name. Oh, your middle name is Rob? Yeah. My, my, actually, Roxy is a, is a uh, nickname, and my real name is Robbie. Rob? How do you like that one, Kevin? Wow. <laughs> I still say Roxy and Rob I never related to before. Okay, he's around. He's he's sending you um, love. Um, do you want me to call you Roxy then? Yes. Okay, Roxy. Um, they all send love because they they it's it's all about love over there. Okay, Roxy. Um, did you guys have a little bit of a battle going on? So you have you need some closures with him. Did you feel 
like you didn't have closure? Yes, yes, it was a, a sudden accident. So it was, you know, it wasn't an illness. Okay. It was just an accident. So. Okay, honey. Um, it's all about love over there. So whatever you didn't have closure with, he's putting closure on it now. And, and and to bring you peace, uh, sending love, because even if you were mad as hell at each other, and I'll say that, um, it's not the case anymore. It's Everything's forgiven, okay? Mm-hmm. So I just okay. want you to know that. He wants you to know that, okay? I, like I said, I have quite a few calls. We're getting to the end, so I've got to kind of do like little fast readings here. And, uh, you know, other shows, we're a little more lax. We can do a little longer reading. But just know that um, he's around you. Anyone we lose are around us, and um, and it's all about love, honey. So, no guilt, okay? No, actually, okay. I'm hearing no guilt. All right. All does right. that help you at all? Okay. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Okay. God bless, honey. I'll put you on hold. You can continue listening to the show if you like. Okay. Thank you, Rocky. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold on. Bye. Well, that was good, Kev, huh? <laughs> well, I think it's amazing you picked up the Rob and that that was her real name. Yeah, no, yeah, I, and Roxy and Rob never, I never knew that going together before, and I could have said Robert, I could have said Bob, I could have said Robbie, I'm seeing R-O-B, Rob, yep, that was Robin. Okay, um, let's see who else we have here. We have area code 601, last four numbers 3091, and let me say hello, get your name, first name only, and where you're from, please. Good Hi. evening, 601. Hi, what's your first name, please? Um, Tara. Tara with a T? Yeah. Hi, Tara. How are you? Where are you from, sweetie? Um, Mississippi. Mississippi. Okay. How can we yeah. help you? What, what would you like to contribute to the show? Um, well, I actually wanted to share a sign. Um, it has to do with my mom. <laughs> but it has That's to fine. Um, well, never knew my grandmother, and she died a month after I was born. So she died in December. She died before you were born, honey? I'm having a hard time hearing you. She died before you were born? She died when I was um, a month after I was born. I was born in November, and she died in December. So it was around, like, Christmas and the holidays. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, well, my mom, you know, she was upset because um, (laughs) there was just a lot going on, and it was during the holidays. And um, Mm -hmm. they had had me, and they were going through, you know, a hard time. Or that. Right. And she um, was just upset. <laughs> and she asked for right. a sign from God, you know, that she was okay and in heaven. Right. And, um, well, when she died, she put red roses on her, in her casket, too. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, honey, I, I, let me stop you. <laughs> that is so weird because I was going to ask you, I swear to you, as God is my judge, I was just going <laughs> to say to you, I was feeling the name Rose or Rosa. Oh, and wow. now you're telling me about the roses. I, Kevin, I wish yeah. you knew this one. Sometimes I could kick myself because I was going to say that. I swear to you. I swear to you I was going to say that. That's, that's amazing. That's the kind of conversation my wife and I have a lot. Uh, I will up and say something. She says, how did you know I was thinking that? I was going to say it. Yeah, but I was going to say, I was feeling rose. I was going to say, who's rose or rosa? And you're bringing up the roses as a sign. I wish I had thrown it. I hate when I do that. <laughs> I like to give the validation. Start it, start it, start it, start it, start it. I just got killed. Okay. Yeah. So the roses, okay, the roses were sent to your mom? Do they know where they well, came it from? Was, um, actually, um, it was in the middle of winter, you know, because it was December, and she asked for a mm-hmm. sign, and 
she went outside on the back porch, and it was just one single red rose on her rose bush. All right. Well, that's what a, I was getting. Honey, I wish <laughs> I could kick myself. I swear I hate when I do this. I wish I just blurted it out. Why can't I use my big mouth when it's meant to be used? No, I was saying and that is definitely a validation, sweetheart. And I got to tell you something. I am seeing a um, – this may be a validation. If it's not now, it may be something in the future or something you forgot. I am seeing a clay ashtray made of clay or uh-huh. something made in like a craft thing. Do you have one or did one belong to her? I'm feeling this. Um, I I think I had made one for my mom when I was younger. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know. Not everybody does. I mean, kids do that all the time, but I'm specifically seeing that. And um, yeah, that rose was definitely her because she gave that she gave that to me right off the bat, oh, right off the bat. Darn it! <laughs> I wish I could have validated it for you. I think you would have been happier. Oh my goodness! So she then, found this rose sitting there, and it was it was in the winter, and it was dead. You said, or wasn't it in bloom? Um, it was just one single red rose that bloomed on on the rose bush, and it was just. She said it was just, you know, that wow. was her sign that she had asked for. Cause, and then I was like, yeah, that's right, Mom, because nothing ever bloomed. You know, flowers don't bloom in the winter, and it was freezing. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm also feeling Lori Lorraine. Does that mean anything to you? No. <laughs> Lori Lorraine. Huh? Uh, Lois. I need somebody named Lois. Lori or Lorraine, yeah. Close to you. Uh, no, but I'll write it down. Okay. Write it down, Stephen. Call us the next week and let us know or whenever it pops up, but I'm feeling that name around you. Yep. Okay. More like Lorraine, though. Lorraine. Lorena. Lorena. Something like that. Okay. So is there any anything else I can have? I, I wish, like I said, I'm sorry. I should have said it. I, from now on, I'm just going to blur it out, guys, whether you like it or not. So just so you can see the validation. You know, I knew it was Rose. I've just seen it. Oh, Thank darn it. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, honey, I'm God bless. I'm you too. Thank, thank you. you. You thank you. God bless. You can listen to the archives anytime you like and live shows every Tuesday, sweetheart. I okay, definitely thank, will. You. thank you. Have a good night, sweetie. Okay, hold on. You too. Thank you. Okay, let's see who else we have here. We have another caller. This one is uh my friend Trish. We got eleven minutes. Trish, I'm gonna bring you on quick and then we're gonna talk a little bit. Hello, Trish, how are you? How you doing, Trish is one of our grieving moms. She comes on my show often. We become friends. And tell them what I did to you this week. I was sharing it before. Well, Kevin, hear this story. You came. Uh, yeah, I remember we talking on the phone, Trish, because I can't. It's hard hearing on this this studio phone. It's better? really hard. Can you hear me better? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so we're talking, and uh, Peggy asked about a layup. And she said it was, she specified it had fringes. And then she said, well, um, I see crystals, or he's showing me, like, dangling crystals on it, you know, on the shade. So I said, oh, my goodness. I said, I can't believe it. Because the weirdest thing, Peg, which I never got to even tell you this part about that lamp, I wasn't like really. Some, yeah, wait till I tell you the best part about it is I wasn't, you know how you usually buy something because you need it? Right? Yep. That's why we buy yep. things. Well, I just happened to be going. We Our town started this thing. It's called, like, the swap, uh, like, yard sale online. So right. everybody 
pretty decent things up. And I happened to be looking for something my daughter had mentioned, so I kind of skimmed through it here and there. So I go through it this morning early because I can't sleep, and I see this lamp like I don't need a lamp for a hole in the wall. So I said, but I really like that lamp, you know. I'm like, gee, it just caught mm-hmm. my eye. And so the girl, I inquired about it. She said, yeah, it's an old old lamp, but the shade, like I said, I don't believe was, but the lamp itself, the fixture. So mm-hmm. story short, I said to Peggy, oh, yeah, I said, I just bought one a few days ago, you know. And then yeah, I her took son gave picture. me that message. Yep. I took the picture of the layup and sent it to you. And uh, yeah, yep. he was always that, very. He's the one I brought the lamp through. Was, <laughs> and what else? I told I, you something else I, that he I, gave me a message I, was right on too. I forgot what it was. I remember it was Ninja Turtles. Oh, and then I said, now he's your son's laughing about Ninja Turtles, and then tell him yep. what you told me. And I didn't know this about her son. I, didn't, I never met her son. Right. Um, well, he was like, it was probably the year he was born in 89, I believe. I mean, that's when I believe, like, the turtles came out when he was young, you know? Right, and right. Was, like, line, and he was like a ninja turtle freak. And then now um, my disabled grandchild, who um, was very close to Ryan, she's like a little tomboy, and she's a ninja turtle freak. Yeah, so he gave me the, the lamp, and I, I described it to a T pretty much, right? Because I have one very similar, and I was seeing mine. I'm like, not many people have that old lamp, you know. And I, this one was from the 40s that I have that was given to me. And I was seeing that lamp. I'm like, Ryan, why are you telling me that? He goes, just tell her. And I told you, and the next thing I know, oh, my gosh, here's a picture. I just bought it. And then I said, yeah. oh, now he's going to the Ninja Turtles. So. But anyhow, Trisha, I'm going to make it a short call tonight because we're almost at the end of the show. And uh, I have a very hungry son here and waits for his dinner at 9 o'clock on my show nights. I have other kids, too. But uh, is there anything you want to ask Kevin or share with Kevin? No, I'll just validate something with you on the bus. Remember you said the bus? Oh, yes. I also brought up her son gave me a message, Kevin, about the bus. Uh, about right. Something with the bus, he was saying. So what happened with that? Yeah, the big grin. Well, um, I believe he was laughing about that. You said um, is because... My grandchild with disability drove a special bus, um, mm-hmm. and she was on with a couple boys who she doesn't take much crap, we'll just call it, okay? Right. And she's uh, she's so, uh, Down syndrome, by the way, right? Right. And so if they right. dish out something, she's sure going to stand up for herself kind of kid, let's just say that, you know? And the mm-hmm, next thing mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I don't know, I, I don't remember the whole story, so I won't say it because that would be seven. But there was some mm-hmm. kind of problem of some kind. And um, so my daughter decided to put her on the big girl's bus, you know, the big kid's regular bus with her big sister, which I said, well, right. sure that's there. Well, I just found out, you know, after that she was riding a different bus. So that would have made probably Ryan be why he was cracking up because his niece stood up to these boys. You oh, know and I mean? that, that, happened, that happened after I, I read you. Before I just didn't know it until Megan told me. Oh, you didn't know until after I read you. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. cool. Well, you got three main messages on your one and a half year uh, angel anniversary day from. So I'm glad you validated that. You know, I, I could kick myself about the rose because that was the first thing I just saw with this other. And I just want to tell my listeners too. I was mentioning Fraser. Somebody just popped on chat room. Her mother loved Fraser. Just as I had said that. So I just saw that on chat room. <laughs> so maybe the Fraser wasn't. Sometimes I read for other people. So. But anyhow, Chris, I'll talk to you during the week. I'm going to put you back on hold, finish up with Kevin. 
And uh, you sure you have no questions for him about the Bible, the, the psychic thing or anything? Uh, no, just was wondering. Uh, no, I think I'm good with the questions. I'll okay, cool, you. cool. Yeah, All right, sweetie, thanks for calling in, Trish. Okay, Peggy, call me uh, on that uh, date for the mother gathering. For the what? For the mother get-together thing. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we're gonna have a. Uh, um, I'm gonna have a grieving mother um, thing here where I live uh, in June, Kevin. For a few of my grieving moms, gonna come visit. Uh, one's flying in, one's doing this, one's driving in. So we're gonna have a day of fun for us moms. You know. Sounds so good. So I think that's good. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. excited about that because I'm actually the one of the administrators on Wings of Hope, the New York chapter. Also, it's. One of the other things I do, so that's another group I belong to. Well, I'll share a real quick uh, sign I just got, which was from Mother's Day. I got two really amazing signs, but one I find very different. Um, I had not made chicken cutlets, truthfully, since my son's death, um, which was a year and a half that day. Um, Ryan loved chicken cutlets, so I just didn't want to make them, you know. And so mm-hmm. I happened to see that my husband wanted some chicken cutlets a year and a half later. And I'm like, oh, God darn it, I don't want to make these damn chicken cutlets at all. So I'm yep, in the kitchen. Yep. I actually started to cry making them, truthfully. And mm-hmm. I was like, Ryan, this is why I haven't made them. You know, it reminds me of you. I go, I wish you could just somehow, I wish I could know, like, you were okay and you were safe. Like, and I was, like, really sad. Mm-hmm. And I was in the right. chicken cutlet, in the last chicken cutlet. So help me God. I couldn't even believe when it came out shaped like an angel. Like it didn't look like. Oh yeah, I saw it. It was shaped like an angel. Oh, Kevin. By the way, synchronicities between you and Chris. She's been on the show when you've been on before. Uh, Kevin, her birthday is March seventh, the day that Melanie passed, and her son's name is Ryan, just like yours. Same as my son. Yeah. So she's got her birthdays on the date of Melanie's passing. Her father's birthday is March eighth, the next day, which is my father's birthday, and she has a son named Ryan. So I just wanted to tell you that, but we're down to like three minutes. So, Trish, I'm okay. going to put you on hold, hon, and I'll talk to you real soon, I promise, okay? Thanks for sharing tonight. Yes, okay, sure. love you. Love okay, you. honey. Okay, love you. Hold bye. On. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, bye-bye. All right, we're down to the last three minutes there. Kev, you want to add anything to the show? or? I think it was another great one. I love the sharing of the book. I can't wait to read it. I get to see it before everybody. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Yes. No, this show is exactly like a spoiled little brat. <laughs> oh, but, do you? Oh, but okay. But I think it's going to be. Huh? I said, but no, what I, I've I, seen so far, I did skim through it. It looks great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I hope it to be a book like no other, basically, something that many mediums or psychically gifted people can really relate to. And I do give the scriptural mm-hmm. backings that Melanie had wished for in that book. You know, much like my other book, but not quite as heavily on it. Um, and like I say, I'm going to be still working with some more edits to it. I still, you know, I'm going to be, you know, I've got a couple of people doing a, a forward for the book that were basically mentored by Melanie. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, a very one of a kind. I, I think, you know, because it's going to be a lot of Melanie's own words in there, a lot of people will be able to relate to it and relate mm-hmm. to the signs that followed her passing. Um, Stan, or my own wife, was one that really brought up to me the belief in anomalies in nature, like, uh, you know, when you talked about a, a red rose blooming at Christmas time. We've had irises that right. at Christmas time as well right. here. We've had 
wrong colors of flowers bloom on plants that had a different color normally, things that, that mm-hmm. I was taught to recognize. These are the things that are that I try to bring out as, as a special sign. The Bible right. encourages us to look at signs. Um, oh, definitely. Like the butter, we get the pennies, the butterflies, the rainbows, but there's so many more, the feathers, so many things out there. There are pages, Google signs. Um, a real good one on that is Christine Dominiac. She's been on my show from Ask the Angels. She has a page yes. about the afterlife signs. They're amazing. Um, also, and of course, my page, you can Google my name at Peggy S. Imanisi. Go to my regular Facebook page. I'll direct you to some of my other pages with the signs and some of the other things I'm doing. Uh, Kevin, tell them your name of your page. We're down to a minute. Uh, uh, and your name of your books on, again. Yeah. Uh, the page and my book's title is The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts. Uh, that's the name of the group on Facebook. It's the title of the book. Um, and uh, the new book that will be coming out is, is Melanie, um, A Christian Medium's Life and Her Gifts of Spirit. Kevin, I'd like to thank you again. Kevin's going to be back on co-host with me soon, if that's okay with him. But I know we're going to work out the schedules with the new job. Um, I talked to, talk to Mark Ireland briefly today. I want to get a show with the three of us on there. So we're down to less than a minute. Kevin, God bless you. Thank you again for your work, for my our friendship, um, and for coming on the show and being um, – being someone that uh, people like me can go to 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 make it better for others. I thank you for that. That's a gift in itself. Thank you, Kevin. And I, I thank you for being a blessing to others with the Lord giving you oh, yeah. your gifts to do it with. Thank you, Kevin. That's that's really nice of you to say. And thank you for putting me in the book. That's that. Thank you very much. I never expected that. <laughs> so thank you, you again. Special. I appreciate it. You are oh, welcome, thank you, Kevin. God bless you. Have a good night. We'll talk soon. Have a great night now. Okay. Have good a night, great listeners. Night too. This is Pe- okay. This is Peggy Emanisi signing off from Signs for Loved Ones. Send us. Uh, we'll be live next Tuesday. And 10 seconds left. Uh, go back. You can hear our archives within a half an hour or anytime you want. Thank you. Good night, all. Bye bye.